2: From the greatest country in the world, numero uno, broadcasting from the tippy-top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who is not a complete and total scam. Everyone over in Davos, Switzerland is... That's true. That is true. And they are going the extra mile in the private jet... To do as much gloom and doom fundraising as they can.
0: Please give us money. That
2: is pretty much the theme in Davos, and we're going to get into it in this hour as they continue to pass around the apocalyptic collection plate. 888 788 9910, if you want a piece of this bad boy. Uh, also, the phone number, if you don't want a piece of this bad boy. You just want to read us the Riot Act and be like, You suck. Hey, where'd you learn to broadcast? In a taxi? Actually, yes. Yes, I did. Uh, But the point is, everybody's welcome on this show. You could be a Republican. You could be a Democrat. All we ask is that you don't be a That is all. Happy Thursday, everybody. Big Thursday. I've been busy. Uh, If you've been following me on TV, like if you've seen all of my hits, this is my favorite thing in the world. I was on Fox and Friends first today at 5 in the morning. Okay, then five hours later, I was on America's Newsroom. And then an hour after that, I was on with Stuart Varney. And an hour after that, I'm on the radio with you. And inevitably, a little bit later tonight, I'll be on Kennedy on the Fox Business Network, also scheduled to be on the Sean Hannity show at nine. And my favorite thing about this schedule on Thursday, because this is like a pretty regular Thursday for me, is someone invariably will text me after my last hit of the day, like, Gay, I was watching you on Fox and Friends this morning, and I was just watching you on Hannity. When do you sleep, bro? And I'm like, Yo, when do you sleep? I think he's got a point. I appreciate your concern for me, but if you've been watching me on TV from 5 a.m. till 10 p.m. and listening to me for three hours on the radio, I'm glad. I'm flattered. But I'm more concerned about you, you understand? I'm just here pretending to know what I'm talking about. This TV for me and radio for me is just killing time between another sandwich and another round of
1: drinks. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life.
2: Sir. Well, it has been a fabulous way for me to go through life. So today, uh, we will continue to celebrate that life. We will continue to celebrate our unique American privilege that every one of you has no matter what your background happens to be you live in the most tolerant and inclusive society the world has ever known freedom and so molly hemingway is going to be here uh, bella the ball senior editor at the federalist as the crowd goes wild and diamond dave landau nationally touring comedian on the show as well and you're also going to hear in the final block of the show from my man paul morrow who is, of course, a former NYPD inspector. He's been out in Moscow, Idaho, covering that grim quadruple murder. Uh, Paul tonight is making his debut on The Gutfeld Show at 11 o'clock. So he basically wants to stop by and get some advice on what not to wear, as I guess, the, I guess is the motivation to come on. He doesn't want to look like me in those weird shirts that I wear.
3: This is absolutely
2: gross. No, gross, gross. Are you ready for it? Is Davos, Switzerland. When you're right, you're right. And you're right. Let me jump right in. Okay, I've been telling you this forever. Climate change, climate change is white privilege. It's all white liberal elites who care. Why do they care? Because they're getting loaded telling you the world is going to end. It is the political equivalent of a doomsday preacher. You know those dudes that are like, yo, a media gonna hit the earth next Tuesday? Won't you give me all your money? I'll hold on to it. You know, the spaceship come, I'll have your money. Well, Mr. Media... Girl, we're going to be just fine. And some people are like, oh, yeah, I, I don't want to get hit by a meteor. I guess I should give you all my money. There's a lot of dumb people out there. There are people that listen to a doomsday preacher. The world's going to end, so give me your money just in case. People do it. Pay up, suckers. Okay, but those people are not nearly as gullible as the people who believe in climate change. And the reason I say that is the apocalyptic preacher pulls this once. World's going to end. We all going to die. And then when we don't die, he doesn't show up the next day with the collection plate. He at least has the dignity to skip town like a thief in the night and go down to the Bahamas with his third or his fourth side chick while he's selling the rest of you on religion and everything else. Uh, He is usually finding some higher calling in a hot sheets motel room. I
4: love it when you talk dirty.
2: But the point is, okay, that guy has more decency than the guys I'm about to play you, which are the Al Gore's of the world which are the John Kerry's of the world. Guys that have told you the world was going to end. Okay, Al Gore told you all the way back in 2003 the world was going to end in 10 years. Okay, if you remember, the original threat was not global warming. It was ice age. And we were told back then in 1970 the world was going to end in 10 years. Then when the world didn't freeze, they said, well, actually, it's, uh, it turns out it's getting hotter. So there's, the temperatures increase you know, we better do something. It is an emergency. Then it didn't get hot. And they changed from what? They changed from global warming to climate change. Climate change. Get some facts and come back and see me. The fact is everybody pushing climate change is full of d***. <laughs> that is all. Okay? Climate change means, all oh, the weather's changing. It's different now. Yeah, it always, the weather's always changing. Constantly. And they have no data. No data that says man is causing this. You know the old adage, when you have the facts, pound the facts. When you have nothing, pound the table. They have been pounding the table on climate change. One gloom and doom conferences at a time before grabbing their money and skipping town on their private jets. Again, if it is an emergency, it's a climate emergency, you don't make it worse If you think it's an emergency, a guy, you know, comes up your driveway swinging a sword. It's an emergency. You call the cops while you're waiting for the cops to get there. You don't make it worse by giving the guy a second sword or an axe or something in between.
5: He knows what he's talking about. But That's
2: exactly what they're doing. They're telling you it's an emergency. We've got to reduce our carbon footprint. And then they're flying even more. In private jets, thus increasing their carbon footprint, just making the emergency even worse. I'm telling you, that boy's a genius. I'm just telling you because I care. This is a scam. But because climate change is their number one fundraiser, they got to go big, okay? Nobody is going to fill up the collection plate for, you know, honestly, the weather is changing and uh, we are seeing some residual effects in some corners of the world. We're not quite sure if it's man-made, but we do have very, very, very modest changes. Uh, We don't quite have an understanding of what's causing them or what would fix them. Uh, No one's going to throw money into the collection plate for that. But if you get up there and go, we're all going to die, and the blood's on your hand, and we need to do more is what we need to do, okay, that gets the collection plate moving. Bingo. Hence this clip I'm about to play you from Al Gore. This is, when you talk about we're living in the death of shame, okay, this is the guy who told you we'd be dead 10 years ago, telling you it's even worse now. And, and and we better do more, we better pay more, we better defund the other people. What is the common thread to everything you're about to hear from Al Gore? Please
6: give us money.
2: Listen to this clip eighteen.
7: Emissions are still going up. All these promises of the last few years to cut emissions, emissions are still going up. When are we gonna bring these emissions down? The accumulated amount is now trapping as much extra heat as would be released by 600,000 Hiroshima-class atomic bombs exploding every single day on the Earth. That's what's boiling the oceans, creating these atmospheric rivers and the rain bombs and sucking the moisture out of the land and creating the droughts and melting the ice and raising the sea level and causing these waves of climate refugees. We cannot let the oil companies and gas companies and petrostates tell us what is permissible.
2: You are the lowest form of life on Earth. You're so ugly you can be a modern art masterpiece.
6: Oh you little maggots, you make
2: me want to vomit. I mean, John, did you hear that? The heat is being released the equivalent of 600,000 Hiroshima-class atomic bombs a day. <laughs> Here's a news flash, folks. If we were exploding one Hiroshima-class atomic bomb a day, we'd all be dead by now.
8: You're right. And when you're right, you're right. And you, you're always right.
2: He wants you to believe with a straight face. We're exploding the heat of 600,000 Hiroshima bombs. And that's why it's boiling the oceans. (coughs) Guys, are the oceans boiling? No. Okay. Are fish washing up on the shore fully cooked? God, it's great. I don't even have to shell the lobster. It came right off. Here's a newsflash. I'm just telling you because I care. The oceans aren't boiling. Okay. That is him over-exaggerating the temperature of the ocean, as you would imagine, in an effort to scare enough and guilt enough rich white elites into donating more money. That's what it is. The rain bombs. What is a rain bomb? Does anybody have the answer to what a rain bomb is? The answer would be no. They give you all these terms. The bomb cyclone. It's, you understand? It's snow and it's a bomb cyclone. And what is a bomb cyclone? Okay. It's snow. It's a snowstorm. Maybe it's a blizzard. But they give you these terms to get you all worked up. I'm sick and tired of all this bullshit. Why do they have to do it, though? Because nobody believes it. Nobody cares. They've missed the mark on this so many times, number one. Number two, nobody sees them following their own recommendations when it comes to cutting emissions. Number three, nothing we're proposing at Davos this week, whether it's, you know, cutting back on your emissions, killing fossil fuels, or even eating bugs. (coughs) They're not gonna be eating bugs. You're gonna, gonna be eating bugs. They don't follow any of these new rules, you understand? They're laughing their asses off at the people who follow them. They're gonna fly out of Davos listening to the Beatles while the attendees are gonna be eating the Beatles. They're gonna be dying laughing. I told them to eat bugs for protein and they did it! Oh my goodness gracious! <laughs> <laughs> That's John Kerry flying out of Davos with a pile of money. And if you don't think it's all about money, if you don't think it's all about the Benjamins, I'm going to give you John Kerry's speech yesterday. See if you can find a central theme in the 50 seconds I'm about to play you of John Kerry. See if, I don't know, it's, I feel like I might be being conspiratorial. But in listening to this clip, I started to get the feeling Okay, that he might have some interest in raising a couple of bucks. Now, it could just be me, so I want a second opinion from you. Listen to this; it's clip 19.
6: You know, the, the State of the Union's coming up, and the president's got to, you know, and I think will we'll, because he believes this. We got to move this because that's the only way we keep 1.5 degrees alive. So, how do we get there? Well, the lesson I've learned in the last years, and I learned it as secretary, and I've learned it since, reinforced in spades, is. Money, 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 money. I'm sorry to say that. I mean, yes, technology. Yes, exciting new initiatives. Yes, organizing, winning races politically. I mean, what happened uh, in in the midterms in the United States is nothing less than miraculous. And it happened because young people voted. And the second most voted issue was climate. It's a huge deal. But we have to go further. I have said this before, but I say it again. I'm convinced we will get to a low-carbon, no-carbon economy. We're going to get there because we have to. I am not convinced we're going to get there in time to do what the scientists said, which is avoid the worst consequences of the crisis.
2: You're all a bunch of grifters, big time. What did he say? Money, 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 money. I hate to say that, but what it's going to take is money, 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 money. Okay? He doesn't hate to say that because he wants the money. He's flying home in a private jet. Okay, that's the scam here. They have to tell you you're all going to die to get you to care because you don't care. And I'll prove you don't care. What we are being told is the biggest climate change bill in the history of this country was passed under a different name. That is correct. It was called the Inflation Reduction Act. Did it reduce inflation? No. In fact, the Congressional Budget Office said it would increase inflation in the near future
4: what a fraud
2: never mind that we were printing and spending money we didn't have which would ultimately drive inflation up even higher that is financial lunacy okay lunacy compounded by the fact that these idiots at davos are the ones recommending this type of war on our economy everybody over there that's like oh climate change in the next breath they're like america's not going to be a superpower anymore it's going to be globalism and You know, we're all going to make decisions as one centralized think tank. So we've got to align all of our economies and take on the same initiatives. And why are they doing that, you idiots? It's because we are the number one economic superpower in the world. This is a declaration of war against our economy, our manufacturing base, our fossil fuel industry. We are energy independent. They have conned us into giving away our independence because of these weak-kneed idiots in the White House and in the Biden administration who think they're saving the planet, okay? The only thing they're saving is saving up for another ski house while they get rich off this globalist grift. Please give us money.
1: Critics are calling it the funniest show on the radio. i funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, maybe. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I almost had it.
8: It's the rock band that's being forced on the public.
3: Joe Biden presents The Electric Cars.
5: Charge all night, drive all day. The government won't let you have a say. Charge it up. Ooh, ooh. Charge it up.
6: An album that will
3: leave you feeling totally plugged in.
5: She won't start again. And I have to call the Tesla guy
1: she won't start again.
3: The electric cars. Sure,
9: they're way too expensive, but pretending to save the world is never cheap. Can't go on.
2: Khan is on in Davos. Electric cars eat some bugs. It's bananas. And the biggest joke of the whole thing is China, the biggest polluter in the world by a margin of five, isn't even involved, which means this is all symbolic. It's a shakedown. In the words of Bob Seeger, shakedown, takedown, you're busted. And if you don't believe me, ask Jared. He's out in Scranton, Pennsylvania. He knows things. Jared!
4: Jimmy, what's going on, bud?
2: Man, uh, are you donating to the High Church of Climate Change?
4: No. D- uh, oh, my God. It drives me crazy, man. What a sting. It really does. With you, you have Kamala going down Arizona mm-hmm. for this whole, like, you know, wind power thing that will eventually give energy to California. Doesn't care about the borders wide open. Mexico's in, like, a civil war. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they're Let's, just filtering people on in. And then I heard this thing right before your show came on from Fox News that Joe Biden's going to California to talk about weather, dude. And I was just started thinking about that poor family that got killed by that cartel that got executed yeah. with the, you
2: know, the no, little kid. No, nothing for them. The, yeah, nothing for them. Good. Mm-hmm. Nobody talked about it. Doesn't man. even care. No. You know what I mean? No, an and, actual... My
4: area, yeah, even my area, I live it, like right outside of Scranton, in Pittston, mm-hmm. and... Like right after you were on America's Newsroom, Bill Hemmer showed this board that shows where all, all the cartels are set up, right, mm-hmm. And throughout America. And one of them was like an hour right outside where I lived, dude, in Allentown, the Sinaloa cartel. And, I'm, and, and, and I've noticed, dude, the crime around here. I've lived here most of my life. It used to be really nice. The crime has yeah. gotten so bad. It's just disgusting. Dude. It is. And the Davos people Screw with him. Al Gore – and, and John Kerry, just shut up already. You're not saving the planet, nope. dude. You're grifting and making money, man. Making That's money. That's all you're doing.
2: You get it. Well, Jared, if you want to feel better about your crime situation, you can come visit me in New York, okay?
4: <laughs>
2: I know. <laughs> You'll feel better. You'll get mugged on. Hey, but feel better. Good call, man. I really like your points. How about Jared knocking it out of the park in the leadoff position? Back after this.
1: Reality. With a bit of insanity. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
9: And now, great moments in presidential history.
4: The
3: only thing we have to say is fear of itself.
6: Mr. Gorbachev teared down this wall. Why the hell would I take a test? Come on, man. I am uh, I am very willing to let the American public judge my physical and mental filth. My physical as well as my mental fitness.
2: It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We've got a budget battle looming in Washington, D.C. We have just put our debt payments on hold. Until June the 5th, it is a mess, but part of the reason for the struggle is we disagree over spending limits. We disagree over whether or not we should be decimating our economy to placate the far left. They're crazy. Not only are they crazy, but they don't understand the industries they're trying to regulate. You've heard me make this point a thousand times about our own domestic energy production. Right now, we are the mafia. Do you know in the mafia, God doesn't want to get his hands dirty so he pays somebody else to whack somebody? You know, then he calls him up from a phone booth and he's like, hey, remember that thing we talked about? It's done. Okay, that's us when it comes to pollution. We are outsourcing domestic energy production because we don't want to cause as much pollution as we do now. Now, in theory, you're like, oh, that's nice. America, look, they're they're doing good things. for poli- Wrong. Okay, we have cut emissions more since we pulled out of the non-binding Paris climate change agreement than we had committed to cut them while staying in the agreement that Obama signed. I don't see you doing any better in the booty department. But stick with me. By outsourcing production to Venezuela, this is when I say we're the mafia, okay? We're making somebody else do the dirty work for us. Venezuela burns fuel far filthier than we do. We are 42% cleaner than any other nation that's producing it for us. Do you understand? So we're causing more pollution by outsourcing it to them. And then when they're done causing that excess pollution, guess what we do to get it back here? We require even more fuel. That's stupid. Use your common sense. Canceled our pipeline. Pipelines are bad. They go through the tin the environment. Shut up. Will you shut up? We're doing this to placate people who don't understand the energy sector. They don't understand the economy. And they certainly don't understand the appetite of consumers. Because here's another Davos. I had Listen, I caught myself. almost said a bad word. You're not going to get me down. No way. But this. listen to this guy. Wants you to believe we're all going to stop eating meat and start eating bugs.
6: What the hell did you just say? This is
2: another no meat guy. Listen to the no meat guy. It's clip 20.
6: If a billion people stop eating meat, I tell you it has a big impact. Not only does it have a big impact on the current food system but it will also inspire innovation Mm -hmm. of food systems. Mm -hmm. And I predict that we will have proteins not coming from um, meat in the future. They will probably taste even better. So why are we trying to mimic meat if we can have a better taste? They will be zero carbon and much healthier than the kind of food that we eat today.
2: You're a loony. I mean, seriously, this guy's just a, a... What an idiot. Really think about that. Okay, the, you know, these non-meat sources of protein, I predict, will taste better. No, they won't, number one. Number two, are you ready for it? He's not going to be eating them. You are correct, sir. Dude, this guy who said you got to cut emissions, you got to cut emissions, you got to cut emissions, and then flew on a private jet, which has 24 times the emissions of a commercial jet, Do you understand? Everyone attending Davos could have made it over there. It's about 1,000 people. They could have made it over there in five commercial flights. Five commercial flights covers the whole Davos convention. The people who want you to believe that they're all about cutting emissions to save the planet. You could have got the whole thing situated. Okay, five commercial flights for the guys. Okay, you're going to need three or four more commercial flights for the hookers, but stick with me. Five flights for the environmental do-gooders. Did any of them, any of them, get on a commercial flight to cut emissions? The answer would be no. So do you think any of them, any of them at all, are going to get on the bug-eating bandwagon? The answer would be no. Yo, they are punking you. They are clowning you. It's the stupidest thing I've ever seen. Ezra is down in Atlanta, Georgia. Ezra knows things.
7: Yo, Ezra, Ezra Ezra knows how you doing Jimmy? Hey man. Um so I'm in the world of packaging for food, pharmaceuticals, et cetera, and one statistic always pops up instead of these knuckleheads flying their jets around, and I heard, you know mm-hmm. it, it's the equivalent of like three hundred thousand regular commercial uh seats. In the world of packaging, we know forty percent. Forty percent of harvested food ends up in landfill. What would be the gain, carbon footprint, life cycle analysis, et cetera, Mm -hmm. with people's BMIs being as overweight Mm -hmm. as they are if we start nationally, globally dieting and save 10, 15, 20 percent of what we throw in the garbage can? That's my comment. It's, it drives me nuts. And then they make plastic the bad guy, yeah, instead of the thing that's actually going to, you know, extend the shelf life of food.
2: Dude, do you know I was at a Starbucks and uh, they gave me a shame on you. I know, right? So this is the deal. I was on the road. I was. at I actually, it's funny because I preferred And if you go in chain, I prefer Dunkin' Donuts just because it has better table conversation. You know, like when you walk into Starbucks, it's like some art history majors talking to his professor or whatever, and they're in an argument about the thesis. You go to Dunkin' Donuts, the guy next to you is arguing with himself because his spaceship is out of gas again. You know, it's a different clientele, and I like the crazy people. But the point is the Starbucks across the street gave me a paper straw, as you would imagine, in a plastic wrapper. So what are we even talking about here? You know what I'm saying? It's so stupid. And then they had Brian Stelter speak yesterday about the dangers of misinformation. I'm like, wait, what? Are we going to get a lecture on dating etiquette from Bill Cosby while we're at it? This is madness, Ezra.
7: I, I, anything, I, I, you, yeah. anything you hear on the other networks is misinformation. We it's know that. So
2: true. Right?
7: No, you, you're you are the word of truth.
2: Listen, man, I appreciate you having my back. And you know, when we say like, "Oh, Ezra knows things," I actually feel bad for you because you do know things. It is it's infuriating, <laughs> but it is because it'd it be is. better to be blissfully ignorant in this day and age. Like I would, I honestly, I wish I was dumb enough to be an MSNBC viewer where I could just turn it on every day, be told I was better than some racist in the middle of the country who wasn't even racist but the point is I don't need to know that I just need to watch it and feel better you know
7: Well, the only hope I have is that they legalize weed down here and I could spend all day long being a vegetable and then (laughs) I could be like the rest of them whoa whoa (laughs) be
2: careful man you get too zonked out the Democrats will put you in office so good stuff Ezra you're the best there he goes the great Ezra Uh, Don is in Morrisville Indiana he's on the road yo Don
3: hey Jimmy how you doing good man uh man i'm sorry i missed you uh in uh uh fortville or not fortville, Oh, Fort wayne uh, yeah you missed jenny yeah, faila too
2: you missed me you missed jenny that was a hot one
3: yeah um and heck uh jimmy what are you talking about dubbing up to be an audience member you're smart enough to be an msnbc host in prime time
2: why would you do that to me don come on i thought we were friends but, uh, but, I would like to talk about the real heroes in Davos right now, and that is the hookers
3: okay <laughs> I mean these wonderful, wonderful women putting their time and their bodies on the line mm-hmm. for climate change. I mean, who does that no and with some of the people that they're doing it with.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. I mean, that. Yeah, you talk about taking one for the team. You know the old adage, this isn't the hill to die on. Uh, th- they've decided these are the hills to die on. You know, they are. They've, they're making a commitment. They're putting, uh, sacrificing their body for your <laughs> well-being. Don, uh, I can talk to you about this all day, but we have an FCC license to protect, so thank you for the brilliant analysis. But Don is right, okay? Davos, Switzerland, right now is the hooker capital of the world oh
3: yes i've read about that in the
2: bible it's no different than the u.n when i was a cab driver in new york city back in the day this the u.n is the the u.n summit is the super bowl of prostitution um these diplomats fly in from all over the world they're away from their wives they're at embassies they have diplomatic immunity they're not worried about breaking the law and they hire hooker after hooker after hooker up to their embassies
4: hubba hubba
2: but it's a real thing like when i was a cab driver we would make money if you were willing to drive and put up with the traffic which a lot of guys weren't um you would be dropping nothing but call girls off at embassies that was the gig for the week you don't drop off anybody else because nobody comes into the city because they don't want to sit in the traffic and anybody else who is in the city is a diplomat that is a motorcade so they don't have to put up with the traffic but you as a cab driver that's all you do that week and you do make you know good money you know big tips Sometimes they give you just the tip. You know what I'm that whole
3: thing. Ooh, ooh, that was the worst thing I ever heard.
2: Randy is in Duluth, Minnesota. He knows things. Randy.
3: Jimmy, how's it going, my friend? It's good to hear your voice. Oh, What's up?
2: buddy. Yeah, It's good to hear a, a Minnesotan that's not standing on the edge of a bridge right now because of the Vikings.
3: Absolutely. Yeah. I I about lost my marbles on that last play, Jimmy. Ooh. Yeah. Maybe you can. Uh, Address that to the audience.
2: What are you telling me the refs wanted to get the Giants into the next round? Is that the accusation here?
3: No. Um uh, you know, I'm just saying, Jimmy. Blown quote. I mean, the Minnesota fans weren't chucking beers like <laughs> the Eagles will be here.
2: <laughs> you know, the Eagles are passionate. They're not only are they chucking beers, these are twenty two dollar beers they're throwing. You know what That's kind of what I, <laughs> Yeah, you, you know what kind of passion it takes to let go of a twenty-two dollar beer to make a point?
3: I couldn't do it, Jimmy. Maybe, it would be hard. I mean, you're going to have to break the arm. But, <laughs> but anyway, my friend, I wish you all the luck in the
4: world, really.
2: Oh, thank you, buddy. Yeah, nobody wants to watch the Phillies fans win again, not the least of which are the residents of Philadelphia because they burn the city, tear down all the light poles, <laughs> less punch police horses. I mean, it gets rowdy. It's really maybe, weird.
3: You, yeah, maybe you can uh, get Elon Omar – to come to the game with you jimmy i mean <laughs> she would be just the biggest fan
2: well then but if i'm gonna get one for her i gotta get a ticket for her brother because she married him <laughs> it's a mess not easy randy now you're making this is expensive at first i was like all right maybe yeah i guess spare a ticket now i gotta spare two is there another lawmaker you can we can invite that isn't married to their sibling come on oh, man yeah. oh randy <laughs> Good stuff. Uh, give me a prediction, really quick. Do you think uh, the Giants? Would you bet the Giants? They're getting eight points from the Eagles. You think the Giants can keep it with an eight?
3: I, you know, I'll go for the under, Jimmy. Okay. Yeah, you know, All right. You like that? You like that under stuff, Jimmy? So <laughs> I respect you, buddy. Oh. I love listening to you on the radio every day.
2: Man. Oh, you're the best, man. Thanks for being a part of the show. We'll do it again, Randy. Go Vikings. There you go. I gave him a go, Vikings, because who the hell else is gonna? But Randy's a great guy. He says he's rooting for the Giants. You have to be – if you own property in the greater Philadelphia area, you're pretty much rooting for the Giants. Like people who live in that area, South Jersey, all of our WPHT listeners in Philly, uh, I would imagine a lot of them are quietly rooting for the Giants. I actually, I don't know what's worse because some teams – I've never understood a phenomenon. Some teams riot when they win, which doesn't make sense to me. You know, you burned cop cars, trash downtown – you know, I mean, rioting to me doesn't make sense, period. Okay. Uh, but the point is the teams that riot when they lose out of frustration, maybe I don't know, I get it, but I don't get rioting when you win. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and, and to be clear, you don't have to wait for the Super Bowl or the playoffs to have an excuse to riot. Just Wait till the Democrats have a, a verdict come in they don't agree with or something goes on in the court of public opinion. They'll burn it right down for you. I mean, we watched that in the summer of 2020. They were like, you got to stay home. COVID. Can't go to church. COVID. Can't go to school. COVID. Can't go to a funeral. COVID. Can't go visit somebody in the hospital. COVID. Can't go to work. COVID. Oh, what's that? You're looting a Nike store? Come on down. Oh, it's such a scam is what it is. Uh, one more clip. I got to play you though. We're talking about all this Davos stuff. And I just – I harp on this because it's a 1,000 people that are over on the other end of the world, but they are the global elites. They have gazillions of dollars. A lot of them are people like John Kerry and Al Gore who wanted to be president, couldn't get the presidency. So they're trying to accumulate power in other ways by controlling the lives of everybody, what you eat, how you travel, where you shop. Okay, they're trying to phase out individual car ownership in parts of the world right now pretty actively because they want everybody to invest in mass transit because it's safer and it's cleaner. Is it cleaner though? I got to be honest. Is it safer? I got to be honest. The answer is no. Okay, have you ever ridden the New York City subway? It's basically it's it's a public toilet for 275. They charge you 275. Congratulations. Welcome to the toilet. It's a moving toilet. That's what it is. And every once in a while, some lunatic comes through the door trying to stab you with a screwdriver. I wish I was kidding. Uh, The things I have seen on the subway would shock the conscience. I've also seen some of the funniest racism ever. So right now, really quickly, if you ride the one line, when Jenny and I conceived of Lincoln Fallow, we lived on 101st and Broadway. Um, We lived on 101st and Broadway when we lived in the city. And then eventually we moved uptown to 102nd and Broadway. We moved the block up.
1: You are so dumb. You
8: are really dumb. For real.
2: But the point is, we did move up one block, ultimately. Uh, But there is a mariachi band on the one train that has been riding the one train uh, for about 25 years. And they play mariachi music and pass around a hat and people give them money and it's like feel good. You're on your way to work and all of a sudden you hear the trumpets and the guitar and it's great. Everybody loves it. It's actually really great. I've actually driven the three specific guys that do it in my cab once and saw them get in a fight on Cinco de Mayo and it was the funniest thing in the world. I saw a guy get beat with a trumpet through the partition of a taxi because one of them was in the front, two of them were in the back. It's actually epic. At one point I had someone else's sombrero on. It was great. I'm probably in trouble for cultural appropriation, but you know what? Sometimes you got to lean in. Uh, Point being, that mariachi band that I've seen on the one train every day for 25 years, there's now white people wearing masks that tip them but take the mask off and go, I think it's terrible what Ron DeSantis did to you Mexicans. It's awful. Because their assumption is if they're in New York City and they're playing mariachi, the, lib- the liberal left of up the Upper West Side of Manhattan just assume you came here illegally and you've been relocated by Ron DeSantis. And it's so funny, but that's who these people are. The ones preaching tolerance and inclusion are the racists. They don't know anything about the cultures they purport to protect because they don't ever interact with them. That's the point. And it's no different than the climate change crowd. They want to regulate an industry they know nothing. And I mean
1: less than nothing about.
3: And I'm out here in the real world, and I know what's right or wrong or
1: bullshit. You're riding around with America's cabbie.
6: Taxi! Taxi!
1: You're hanging out with Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America.
2: It is Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. Got Molly Hemingway coming up in the next hour, senior editor at The Federalist. We'll have Google open just in case she uses big words. I can't always keep up with my, it's a, you know about a 200-point IQ gap between her and me. But we'll make it fun. And uh, Diamond Dave Landau joins us as he does every Thursday for a little State of the Union. And, of course, Paul Morrow going to close it out today because Morrow is on Gutfeld tonight. Uh, getting uh, into the chair, getting into the ring with the number one host in all of Late Night, Greg Gutfeld. Uh, That's going to be a banger, and Paul and I will have a little chit-chat. I'll give you a little behind-the-scenes on how you make it through your first Late Night appearance. Um, Here's the thing. What you won't make it through is more race-baiting from Joy Reid, and we're going to have to get into some of that in the next hour. We're also going to give you an update on Joe Biden's document scandal because it has spilled all over. All over the state of Delaware right now. It is a mess. Uh Uh-oh, I'm in trouble. And Corrine Jean-Pierre got back out to the podium yesterday. And uh, basically, the press had one word of advice for her. It was... Girl, please stop talking right now. She was terrible. And again, I'm like, I'm the guy who roots for the country. Like, when I say, oh, she did a bad job, I'm not happy. I don't... You know, if the country sucks, country sucks. I don't. I wouldn't be happy if it sucked, but Republicans were in charge. Okay, my issue is not the Democrats are in charge. It's that they're terrible at the gig.
1: Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Here we go. Here we go. Back in action for a big hour
2: of Fox Across America. Dare I say an embarrassment Of Radio Riches, Molly Hemingway, the senior editor at The Federalist, stops by to give a grade to the White House reaction to the Biden document scandal. You gotta do better than that. Pretty much the reaction she has had on Twitter. We'll see if she has measured that, changed it, or adjusted it at all based on the latest revelations from one Corrine Jean-Pierre who uh, stepped up to the podium yesterday looking to strike out the side, maybe overwhelm the hitters with a first-pitch fastball. Lo and behold, just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed. She was all over the place yesterday. It's a rough one. And what's going on, and I just want to be clear about this, is Corrine Jean-Pierre is now doing a job she didn't sign up for. Okay, she signed up to be a diversity hire. And I wish her no ill will. I'm not saying she's a bad person. I don't like her. Uh, you know, I don't keep her in my prayers What I'm trying to send, like, good vibes into the universe. I, I like these people. I'm not, like, filled with, like, venom and bile. I don't hate the political opposition. It's just not me. It's not how I'm wired. I mean, everybody runs differently. But that's not my vibe. Okay, I wish her well. I wish them well as a party. They're in charge of the country. As they go, we go. I am not a guy that wants to get out of bed and see Americans suffer. So I can say I told you so and win the next election. Okay, I'd like to win the next election just based on having better policy ideas than the other side. But we're never going to have that debate because in this day and age, it just becomes about pretend bigotry. No one wants to talk about your ideas at the border. They just want to call you a bigot for wanting to secure the border. You know, no one wants to talk about your ideas on policing or the economy or anything in between. Democrats just call everyone racist so they go along with their stupid ideas. That's politics in this day and age. But the point is, even though they treat politics and political discourse as just a a stampede of stupidity in this day and age, okay, they have found themselves in a position where, to some extent, they have my sympathies. Okay, is Biden a scam and a fraud with a trading influence? I believe so. Uh, You know, there's no way to make a case for his son getting the money he did around the world without selling access to our government. No one was sitting in a Ukrainian power company going, you know what we need on the board is we need a guy with a crack problem who doesn't know anything about energy at all. Let's get him on the board. That'll, That'll help boost profits. You understand, Hunter Biden gets put on the board of a company in Ukraine That's negotiating a power deal with our country while Hunter's dad is vice president. That's not right. Of course it's not right. It's a classic definition of a quid pro quo. So there is reason to be wary of what's going on in Bidenville. That being said, I don't hate the people that speak for this president. OK, Kareen Jean-Pierre signed up to be a diversity hire. They announced her as such. They said, we wanted a black lesbian to do this job because we've never had one before. Yay. But can she actually get out there and do the job? The answer would be no. Not even a little. And again, hire a black lesbian if you must, if you want to, if that's your thing. Fine by me. I don't care. OK, a cursory Search of, of my computer history would tell you I probably don't have anything against black lesbians. What the hell did you just say? But the point is, okay, Karine Jean-Pierre, okay, is not good at the gig, which is why I am against her being there in this position. Having said that, when she took the gig, probably knowing to some extent she was completely overmatched, she took it under the auspices that the press was always going to be on her side, okay? It being a Democratic administration, the press has been known for the last four or five years in this country of being full-blown activists masquerading as reporters. Journalism in this country is dead and buried. Completely dead. And you know it's dead because to this day, every single press outlet that's acknowledged the Hunter Biden laptop to be real has not gone the extra mile to now do the type of investigative work that would uncover what could be the bombshell scandal of the century. Okay, if the laptop is real, the emails are real. Which means Joe Biden could very well have been benefiting from his son's influence peddling scheme. Are you the big man, Joe? Okay, the fact that these documents have blown around Delaware now does mean, to some extent, the media, which is always on the Democrat side, has to engage in an exercise in self-preservation and at least start asking tougher questions of this White House or their own credibility takes an even bigger hit than it already has. You understand, the media is very transactional. OK, yes, they always want to stump for Democrats. But once they know a Democrat is finished, they don't owe that Democrat their loyalty or their d- protection. They'll get him out of there if they think it's better in the long run for the party. And if you don't believe me, ask a guy they covered up for in the summer of 2020 and then immediately threw out the door after the elections. His name was Hanzi Andy Cuomo. Andy! Andy! The media looked the other way while Cuomo was committing eldercide in nursing homes, signed an executive order making nursing homes, the most vulnerable segment of our population to COVID, take on infected covid patients to live amongst the most vulnerable okay idiotic by any means but the media was fine with them doing it because in the summer of 2020 they built up cuomo as a means of tearing down trump the minute the election was over the last thing they wanted to do was revisit their fat the fact that they were helping him cover up and get a book deal and win an emmy so they took him out on the grounds that his office etiquette let's be honest wasn't exactly the best with his female co-workers.
5: You ever seen a grown man naked?
2: They're willing to do that to Biden just the same because they realize he's damaged goods. He's done. The party, he's historically unpopular within his party. And, you know, the midterms might have been a better sign for his fortunes than anyone expected. But the fact remains he's still going to be 82 when he starts his next term. So if the Republicans nominate anyone under the age of 100, Biden's going to have a really hard time winning. Because Biden is not, you know, a young 82. He's, a, he's an old 133, you know, when you hear him get in front of a microphone. But here is Karine Jean-Pierre, who signed up for this gig, thinking the reporters would always have her back. But now she finds herself in a position where they don't necessarily have her back. So here is Peter Alexander from NBC, of all places, asking her about dodging questions. Okay, I've got a few montages. Let's even start with a montage. It's clip one. Help us
9: understand, given the frequency with which President
8: Biden works in Delaware, what is the case against having visitor logs for his house?
0: So, I'm, I am going to refer you to my, the White House counsel. I am going to refer you to the Department, uh, Department of Justice. I would refer you to Department of Justice. And any questions that you may have of us, I would refer you to my colleagues at the White House uh, uh, counsel's office. No, you would have to go to the Department of Justice. And I would refer you to the Department of Justice.
2: Don't change the subject. Just answer the f***ing question. So her plan now is just, you know, you got to ask the Department of Justice. Okay, this is the pivot line they've come at now. They don't want to talk about this because their messaging has been so all over the map. You know, if you remember, we were originally told, we found papers at the University of Pennsylvania. They're the only ones. (coughs) The next day they were like, all right, well, we found some in Biden's garage. They're the only ones. (coughs) The next day they're like, all right, there was some more in the house. They're the only ones. Okay, do you understand the messaging has been so horrific they've just decided, now you get no more messaging. And people are fed up. So here is Peter Alexander at NBC giving Kareem Jean-Pierre the business. It's clip two.
8: We've all reached out to the Department of Justice. A law enforcement official tells NBC News the Justice Department has not told the White House that it cannot talk about the facts underlying the special counsel investigation into classified documents. So trusting you've received that same information, understanding the desire to be prudent, then why, why can't you speak about the underlying facts?
0: We've been very clear when it comes to even underlying facts, when it comes to specifics, when it comes to something that is under the purview, that is, that the Department of Justice is looking at, especially legal matters, investigations, we do not comment from here, Peter.
3: This is total crap.
2: And why is it total crap, as a young Lincoln Fela just said? Because the Department of Justice flat out told the media that the White House can talk about anything it wants if it wants to. Oh,
3: wow.
2: So when she gets out there and she's like, oh, wait, you know, i just refer you to the Department of Justice. We can't talk even with the underlying facts. Stop lying to us. She's lying to us. And the media is, I got to be honest, apoplectic. Because they do see some blood in the water with this administration. You know, everybody loves a winner. Success has a thousand fathers. Failure is an orphan. Joe Biden is going in the direction of a failure now. He was popular again after the midterms. The Democrats did a lot better at turning out the vote than anyone ever imagined, including themselves. But now we're in a position where he is damaged goods because he did. He committed the high holiest sin there is which is taking away their line of attack against Donald Trump. Do you have any idea how much they hate Joe Biden? They thought they had Trump dead to rights again. You understand Trump is Batman. Remember the old Batman series where every time, you know, they'd go to commercial, Batman would be on the wheel of death, chained up. There was a fire burning. He was heading into the fire. Like, oh, man, Batman ain't going to get out of this one. What, how, I don't know what's going to happen. And then you'd come back from commercial and— he was free. And he likes punching guys in the face. Wop. Zam. Pow. Do you remember those, like, Batman sound effects? That was Trump. Like, oh, Russia. Walls are closing in. He's not going to get out of this one. <laughs> then they were like, oh, he, ho, ho, tax returns. He's going to jail. Life in prison. How's he going to? Okay. Remember the Atlantic? Oh, he slandered the dead veterans. They're going to tar him and feather for this one. And then everybody that was in the room that the day of the alleged report, they went on record as saying it didn't happen, so. Then it was like, do you remember this one? Oh, the Ukrainian impeachment. He's going down now. No more Trump. Understand? Are you following a theme here? Then it was the second impeachment. By the end of this impeachment, he'll be barred from office for life. And then what did they do? classified documents this guy mishandled classified documents anyone who mishandles classified documents should die in prison and be barred from office and just when they thought they had him joe biden commits the unthinkable and does the same freaking thing <laughs> Dude, they're losing their minds because Joe Biden has just made it impossible to charge Trump. That's why they're taking out their fight. You understand, these people get out of bed. They live and breathe. They really hate Donald Trump. I know people listening to the show right now that dislike him, don't like his personality, his tweets or whatever. Well, that's bad news because he's coming back to Twitter, by the way. But the point is, I don't know that you're capable of disliking anyone on the level that they dislike Trump. You see, Trump was one of them. Trump was in the media. He was on NBC. He had the highest-rated late-night show uh, in—not late-night show. He had the highest-rated reality show in in the world. He did 14 seasons of The Apprentice. He was going on Barbara Walters all the time. He was a guy that used to go on The View all the— The View was awful. Maybe so. Back when Howard Stern used to call himself the king of all media— you know, Howard now, you know, whining so much he's really just the Prince Harry of all media. But the point is, Donald Trump was a part of polite society. He was on NBC, he was hosting SNL. Okay, so when he became president and became so omnipotent and dwarfed all these other media celebrities, they really hated him for it. And they really believed their own garbage. Like when they were calling him a white supremacist and literally Hitler and everything in between, I'm like, yo, dude, you guys just worked with him for 14 years. You put him on TV every night for 14 years. If he was literally Hitler, you just aided the rise of Hitler. But the truth is they didn't believe he was Hitler. But they learned to hate him and listen to so much bile directed towards him that they eventually emotionally accepted it as true. And now they really do, you know, walk around believing their own BS. I was in Washington for the White House Correspondents' Dinner. They were patting themselves on the back for their coverage of the Russia collusion situation. Patting themselves on the back, taking a victory lap for a scandal that turned out to be completely fabricated. That was embarrassing. It was embarrassing to you. It was embarrassing to me, but it wasn't embarrassing to them because they are so blinded. By their, their hatred of Trump, that it's denying them the self-awareness that would otherwise tell them they look crazy to the rest of us. So even now, as they start to turn on Kareem, Jean-Pierre, They think it's because she's not answering questions or the DOJ advised her that she could, but she's lying to them. Or, you know, Biden hasn't been as forthright with his messaging. But I'll give it to you really quickly. It'll take me two seconds to sum it up. The reason they've turned on the Bidens, the reason they've turned on the administration, the reason they've turned on their favorite diversity hire in the world is because of the Bidens. They're about to watch another episode of Batman that ends like this.
1: show not afraid to call out both sides of the aisle.
6: He's the other side's worst nightmare.
1: This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
2: Fox Across America. Living it up on a big Thursday episode of the show. Dig this one. Molly Hemingway around the corner. We've been walking you through the reaction to Corinne Jean-Pierre at the White House trying to put this whole document scandal to bed. Uh, Simone Sanders at MSNBC, she tried convincing people, ah, it's a waste of time. Here it is. It's clip 10.
3: Look, I think that uh, this is something, this is not new, right? Uh, when President Biden was a candidate running for uh, the presidency, this is something that
0: Republicans tried to rally around. I think it's important to remember that Hunter Biden is a private citizen. He is not on a government payroll. Uh, he does not work for his father in any capacity, whether private or government. It's just a time.
2: I mean... Shut up, fool! I mean, just well that's the dumbest thing I've heard of. Seriously, get out of here and take your mother with you. OK, when President Biden was running for president, this is something Republicans tried to rally around. Yeah. Why? Because not because the kid did something, but because we are being told that the kid gave the money to the dad. Do you get it? It's not about the kid and whether or not he worked in government. It's about whether or not the guy who was in government was getting a 10% kickback for selling influence C's. Are you the big man, Joe? According to Hunter's Business Partners, the answer is yes. We'll discuss with Molly Hemingway.
1: It's the morning show that uh, overslept. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
2: There it is. It is too hot in the words of Pool and the Gang. This sounds like another grift by John Kerry. It's too hot. (laughs) It's too hot, ladies. Please
0: give us money.
2: (laughs) Girl, you know it's too hot. Please give us money. What they are doing over in Davos right now, it's apocalyptic preachers. The world's going to end. You see, nobody donates... Who I think it's, you know, weather's changing a little bit. No one's, you know, diving into the collection plate with that kind of rhetoric. So you got to tell them the rain bombs and the ocean is boiling. And then they're just like, oh, the ocean's boiling. Pay up, suckers. And they always do. Uh, joining us now on the show, though, a woman who, so far as I know, is not donating to John Kerry's fuel fund for his private jet. She's a senior editor at The Federalist, author of Rigged, which is, I. I Dare I say the book of the year in any year, uh, how the media, big tech and Democrats seized our elections, the bell of the ball, Molly Hemingway in the House. Hey, girl.
0: Great to be here with you.
2: Are you donating to Davos? Be honest with my audience.
0: I'm not. I do. (laughs) I did watch some reporters harassing like the Pfizer CEO yesterday at Davos. and I was like. I should have done that. I should have gotten a trip to Davos, and I could trail people around and ask them tough questions in a very scenic location. Yeah.
2: (laughs) You know what's funny? Bill Hammer today. He was like, man, I wish I was there so I could, like, crash this and, 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 you know, kind of put the bite on him and ask him real questions. You know what I would like to do, Molly? Um, I would like to go over as, like, a <laughs> Borat. I fear to know it. How you stop it. That's funny. I would like to go over as, like, a Borat and pretend to be one of them, like infiltrate the ranks yeah. and see what they would agree to, because, as you know, they would agree to just about anything. If I was like, we, you know, if we banned white people, there'd be no more carbon emissions. Uh, half the people would be white, and they'd say yes.
0: I like how they Seriously, all seem like the bad guy in a James Bond film. Like every single one of them could be cast in that, and you would be like, "That I buy it."
2: Yep. they
4: seem
0: like they've got really bad authoritarian ideas uh-huh. about what to do with the world, and yet they're all doing it openly for everybody to see.
2: Yep. Except they're all drinking and partying with hookers, so it's not double o seven. It's <laughs> point double o seven. That's like...
0: <laughs> that's great, and that's the best thing they're doing. And if they did more of that and less of trying to control. People's lives, we'd all be better
2: off. Thank you so much. I so agree. 007 and 7. We're going to run <laughs> this thing right into the ground. 007 and 7. That's not bad either. Come on, Molly. We're hot. I like it. It's good. It's good. Uh, we got a sketch comedy troupe here. Um, <laughs> no better sketch comedy than the one taking place at the White House, so I wanted to run this by you. Uh, I feel like Corrine Jean-Pierre is always a little overmatched, and I don't wish her any personal animus, uh, but I f- also feel simultaneously like... They're making her job infinitely harder because they're either not updating her, uh, you know, or whatever they're giving her is garbage. Do you feel like the DOJ is kind of doing her dirty and making her their fall guy?
0: Oh, my goodness. Karine Jean-Pierre is the worst press secretary I have ever seen. It is embarrassing (laughs) to watch her. She is so bad. Uh But, yeah, there's something kind of abusive about the fact that I would say the Biden administration is. is having her out there and she she's bad on a good day. She has a very friendly audience, mm-hmm. she has very friendly reporters. They're never going to be particularly tough with her and she's still incompetent and incoherent. Mm-hmm. But on an actual tricky situation like this one, yeah. you need to be you need to have someone who's much brighter, much savvier and it's embarrassing and I'm actually angry. I think it's not her fault that she is who she is yep. and they should be helping protect her by
2: not having her out there. Oh, it's so true. Uh, we're talking to Molly Hemingway, senior editor at The Federalist. I, it, my, my hope is when you watch things like this crater, it would bring back some type of renewed push for a meritocracy. But I don't think we're ever headed that way again on the left. Like when you watch what they're prioritizing in this day and age, I feel like this is just a harbinger of more things to come should they win another election in 2024. Um, well, and go it's, ahead.
0: it's not just with politics, it's with everything like – they're decreasing the standards for quality for all sorts of different professions. And my husband says he's like worried that it's going to be where you can't fly in a plane because the pilot will have been, you know, DEI'd their way into existence and the plane <laughs> will fall from the sky. And, like, they don't care how they're just... Yeah, it's Do, just... The standards are horrible.
2: Can I give you something about that? Because I lost my mind about this last week. When they... Uh, when Peabody Judge took over transportation, okay, and they took the NATAM uh, computer system and changed it from notice to airmen to notice to all missions, okay? I understand what they're going for and we're degendering language which i don't agree with but the bigger point to be made here and i think anyone should agree with this is if you're not emotionally equipped to interact with the wrong pronoun we shouldn't be giving you the responsibility over 300 other people's lives you know what i'm saying
0: exactly that's just, and by the way You can use the word men to describe men and women, and I feel like if you can't get that done, if you can't teach that in an educational setting, then you've got much bigger problems than not understanding how language works, but... (laughs) Yeah, it's just like you're going to have to be handling a lot more stress than whether you're offended that someone might have not known what sex you were.
2: It's like seriously. We were going to go to 37,000 feet, but someone just said men in the flight tower, so I hope you folks can swim, okay? That's what the movie Sully was actually about. They misgendered Sully, and he was like, into the Hudson. Into the Hudson. Everybody get their floaties on. They I'm not happy
0: They should remake that airplane movie, though, which yeah. is, to me, one of the – those are the finest the films best. I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, I feel like there's a lot that could be done just under – pete buddha judge's tenure at transportation
2: <laughs> yes i'll go on with you about this all day because another reason he never should have gotten the appointment uh specifically the one that he got was he was in charge of south bend indiana okay their population is one one millionth of the country's, for all intents and purposes and he couldn't handle infrastructure there like in what world molly do you put a guy in charge of our roads named pothole pete you know what i'm saying
0: exactly I, when I learned that I don't, I don't live in a big city and my city is much bigger than mm. the one that Pete Buttigieg thought that he ran so well that he – you know, he has such confidence to think I'm going to run for president after being a bad mayor <laughs> of a small town. And, yeah, the potholes were such a disaster that other people had to come in and rescue them, and now he's secretary of transportation. It's,
2: <laughs> it's so funny. Amazing. Everyone is failing up because of – this whole diversity inclusion agenda. The only person, honestly, that eventually stopped failing up was the luggage thief, Sam Brightman. They eventually got rid of him. Uh, I kind
0: of miss him, too. I I, and I know that there's so many pieces of luggage all across the country that were stolen. And I want, I want to know the story of what those What did they look like, how he did it. I bet there's a good <laughs> video of all of them.
2: There's a good show there for the Travel Channel. You know, mm-hmm. you want to get into it and stuff. Well, as we famously Kennedy Kennedy and I opined on Outnumbered, which is why they'll probably never book us on the show at the same time ever again. Kennedy goes, "Well, that drama's over because they gave him a pink slip." I go, in, and he put it on. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Good night. Tip your waitress. What do you? You can't fire me. I quit. What do you mean Outnumbered? This is crazy. Come on. What a dumb time to be alive. We're talking to Molly, Molly Hemingway. And let me throw this one at you, Molly. Uh, as someone who wrote uh, the defining book about the 2020 election, are you feeling additional vi- uh, validation in what's come out of the Twitter files in the last week? Not a lot of people are talking about it, but we certainly are over here. Um, I mean, it was a top-to-bottom scam in 2020, was it not?
0: Yeah. I mean, this is – when I first wanted to write on the election, it was actually that – issue of how big tech was manipulating people in the lead-up to that election that to me was the most interesting it ended up being that there were a lot of other ways that people were manipulated or that you know ballots were manipulated and other things that, that were problem but um, big tech decided in 2016 that they would never again let there just be this direct communication between Republicans and voters and they did all sorts of things you know algorithms and deplatforming effective voices and censorship and these things really do affect I mean it's, it's just bad on its own and it's a total Total violation of the First Amendment when it involves government authorities as it did, but it also meddles in our elections, and mm-hmm. if we would never tolerate this type of meddling, um, you know, from any yeah. outside foreign group. And yet they do it all the time, and it's really bad for the country.
2: Oh, it's so infuriating! And the, you know, the whole Russia thing and the bond thing, and when you realize that, like, even Twitter, which, as we know, was their donation, like ninety nine point four percent Democrat, and the other point six percent is, th- you know, essentially Democrat through a Trojan horse mechanism for them them to be telling, OK, the people, the agents behind the Russian from, inf- you know, co- collusion narrative that, hey, we didn't find anything for them to be saying it, because I don't doubt they wanted to find something. Uh, and there they were being like, dude, we're the ones who give them all the money. We really didn't find anything like I applaud that version of the Twitter regime. But I think they went down a dangerous hole from there in realizing how much power they had and in some instances didn't have because they probably realized the establishment was just going to establishment. And do you think on some level the fact that the Washington, you know, the swamp regime uh, ignored Twitter's information just was a way of pistol whipping Twitter into compliance with whatever the regime narrative was going to be going forward? Oh,
0: yeah. That's what some of these files showed is that when Twitter would be honest about how there wasn't Russian collusion or Mm -hmm. Russian trolls affecting things, the Senate offices and the House offices would basically say, you better give us a different answer next time. And I also think there's lying by omission, which Twitter did. Mm -hmm. They knew that the U.S. government and other powerful entities were doing far more meddling in our elections – you know, these agencies were doing far more meddling in our elections mm-hmm. than what was alleged about these foreign influences. And yet yeah. they kept quiet about it. They were getting paid by them in some cases. You know, the Department of Justice was paying Twitter mm-hmm. to help with some of its censorship and authoritarian impulses. So they don't get a you know, yeah, they were good on being honest about how there weren't Russian trolls that were, um, you mm-hmm. know, feeding different stories. Yeah. But they weren't honest about how much government, U.S. government meddling there was, and they were actually profiting from it.
2: Yeah, that part is—it's so sick. And unfortunately, the way it's been rolled out, like I believe me, I'm thrilled that Elon Musk is—you know—Sunlight is the best disinfectant and is highlighting all of these abuses. But we're really where we were with the Hunter Biden laptop, and that half of the country is pretending it's still not a thing. We're not getting that acknowledgment, and that's the part that really does drive me crazy. Is, well, go ahead.
0: No, sorry. It's for the same reason, too, because the, it implicates the U.S. media in their roles. In harming the country, mm-hmm. they don't want to be honest about the Hunter Biden laptop because they were the ones pushing the lie that it wasn't real. Yep. They don't want to be honest about Russia collusion because they were the ones who were running that whole conspiracy theory. They don't want to be honest about the Twitter files because, again, they were imp- they were you know that's what some of these Twitter files show is that there was this whole operation where the media would come to them and try and pressure them into saying something a particular way rather than getting actual answers to what was really going on. They're not going to be honest about how they're all a bunch of corrupt propagandists because why would they do that
2: no it's so true i mean that's also you know when it comes to like i'll give you an example we were thinking about prior to the 2020 election how they were covering for andy cuomo as he was committing like actual elder side in nursing homes and they looked the other way on that. And when the election was over, them being transactional the way they are, you know, they kind of me Too'd him them out of town because I do believe it was a lot more convenient and politically expedient than revisiting the nursing home scandal. You know, so I my question to you and I bring that up because I wanted to know, you know, how much thought have you given to this idea that people are saying it's somehow the establishment muscling Biden out of town? Do you think that's what's going on here or no?
0: Not yet. Mm -hmm. I definitely see where that could be what's going on, Mm -hmm. but I don't think that explains why this is happening the way it's happening. I assume. These papers were brought to light as part of the ongoing investigation from the U.S. attorney in Delaware mm-hmm. into the Biden family business. Mm-hmm. I think they knew these documents were missing, and I think that's why the Biden team had to come clean about it. And also, the Department of Justice seems like it's being pretty nice and gentle and protective yeah. of President Biden. Mm-hmm. They're being very you know, conciliatory. They did this special counsel, but it seems like it's a special counsel designed to allow them to dismiss questions yeah. rather than... To actually get the truth so it could be that but i'm not sure yet
2: yeah and i don't believe I, i'm i'm kind of with you in that you know i've heard this push of like oh it's his own team in the party i don't believe that because right now they all get to be president like a biden presidency is their only shot to actually run the country behind the scenes if you bring in somebody younger You know, I don't know that they'd be they could be bossing around Kamala like this. Um, So I don't know. I'm I'm on the fence just the same. But I do feel somewhat bad for Kareen Jean Pierre because I feel like she's overmatched. Uh, But I feel like they really did do her dirty in the sense that a lot of the ire trained at her. And a lot of the ire that is starting to get aimed at Biden is because this scandal really does make it impossible to charge Trump. I'm like, in what world could they charge him? And that's Biden's biggest defense is this was their latest, you know, this was the one. It wasn't collusion. It wasn't taxes. It wasn't the Ukraine impeachment. He just blew it, and they're losing their minds.
0: Okay, first off, a Department of Justice as corrupt as ours will have no problem charging (laughs) a political opponent. But having said that, it does make it very, very, very difficult, and it's hilarious. And I don't know how you can't just enjoy. Every talking point that came out when this first started has Mm -hmm. been erupted. Like you had people at Politico saying, well, it's not like these documents were strewn about a house. (laughs) And then the next day it was like… Oh, it's worse. They were in the garage next to the Corvette. <laughs> totally insecure.
2: You know, I love it. it's, oh, it's great. Well, the pivot was amazing because it was like, you know, in, in August when they raided Mar-a-Lago, it was like anyone with classified information should die in jail. And then it turned yeah. in and then it turned into no mishandling classified information is actually cool. You just have to get back to the feds on time. You know what it reminds me of really quick in the movie Billy Madison. Okay, the Adam Sandler character is on a school bus and a little kid pees his pants. And to make the little kid feel better about peeing his pants, Adam Sandler pees his pants too. So he's like, look, peeing your pants is cool. And that's what the media is doing for Joe Biden right now. They're <laughs> like, look, no, it turns out peeing your pants is cool. And they're all hugging him and shoving him off the school bus.
0: Unbelievable. That is so true.
2: That's oh my. Can I give you one more before you go that you'll appreciate? Yeah. So... I was subbing in on the five recently and I got an email from a certain actor who was so thrilled that I mentioned the movie Pee Wee's Big Adventure and of course my favorite, The Naked Gun. It was not Paul Rubens, but it was Francis. It was my man who steals Pee Wee's bike, Francis. That
5: is so awesome.
2: Yeah. Man. Was that
0: like your best day ever in a uh, broadcast?
2: I gotta be honest. I thought about calling a press conference to announce my retirement and go out on top. You know what I mean? Because Mark, yeah. Mark Holton, who plays Francis in Pee-wee's Big Adventure, he is also in Teen Wolf. He's on Michael J. Fox's basketball team in yeah. the iconic scene at the end. Shoot it, fat boy, which you probably couldn't say now. It would be fat them. It would be shoot it plus size them. Uh, but he's also in the naked gun. He's the guy who yells out, it's Enrico Palazzo. Like he's a hero to me.
4: Oh, right.
0: That's yes. so true. It's a yeah. So Molly. See, Naked Gun, also great movie.
2: Yes. The, the point is, take off the apron, Jenny Phala. We are going out to Girl. <laughs> our, our ship has sailed in. Francis Buxton is on our side, Molly. We can't be stopped. You're the best. Okay, take care. See you soon. There she goes. The great Molly Hemingway really should go out, buy a copy of Rigged, and now buy it as a comedy because it would have made your blood boil in the aftermath of the election but if you read it now and you just see how accurate it is, it actually becomes funny just to see how shameless everybody was at all the big reporting institutions and in covering this up.
3: The media is a bunch of losers.
1: It's the show that never hits the books.
6: I love the poorly educated.
1: You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
2: It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon and hockey. The NHL dropping the gloves over a pride promotion. NFL, NFL NHL, National Hockey League was uh, trying to do a little promotion out in Philadelphia and have a pride event where the players would wear pride uniforms and tape up their hockey sticks. Uh, one player said, hey, respect the gay community. Everybody can have their own agenda, but I'm not doing it. To which the mob replied,
3: he should be behind
2: bars. We're going to discuss what I consider to be, I mean, you t- I-, I always say, like, it's a race to the bottom. But this one, I mean, Diamond Dave Landau is coming by. He's a comic. We're probably going to offend half the country with what we have to say about it. But we're going to offend you for good reason. What's going on right now with these shallow, symbolic corporate gestures in sports where people don't show up to celebrate their sexual orientation, they show up to watch a freaking game. That's true. That is true.
1: live from everywhere USA. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy, there he is, back in action.
2: Big third hour coming up on Fox Across America and Audio Safe Space for cool people where you can say what you want believe what you want vote for whoever the hell you want We i don't care where you come from i don't care what color you are i don't care how smart you are i don't care how dumb you are we don't care on this show it's a talk show not an activist that takes energy i of energy would you look at me that boy is a p.i.g. pig no no yes i'm a conservative uh, but I'm, you know, I'm not here to steer your vote. I'm just here to make your root for the country and recognize your unique American privilege. So you can be a Republican on my show, you can be a Democrat, I don't care. Just don't be a That's what we say every hour. Every hour. It's the only rule. Okay. And uh, if you stick around for the entirety of this hour, uh, you will be rewarded for your efforts. Diamond Dave Landau, nationally touring comedian, is going to be joining us at the halfway point. And, of course, Paul Moro, uh, retired NYPD inspector who makes his debut on Gutfeld tonight, also going to join us. <laughs> Studio audience. They love Moro. They love him. They love the turtlenecks. And I'm playing an audience. and am playing you some crowd noise. Because if you know anything about me, uh, one of my favorite things in the world is to go to live sporting events. I grew up in a big sporting house. Uh, we had, uh, as kids, you know, my dad was a cop in Nassau County. Uh, I was born into uh, a Yankee house where you rooted for the Yankees no matter what. You know, they say like baseball is like religion. Your parents pick it for you. Well, my parents raised me Yankee. So I grew up rooting for the Yankees day in and day out. And that's just kind of what we did. And we loved to go and, you know, go to the Bronx and. See people fight in the bleachers and root for Don Mattingly to hit a home run and all the craziness that would go on. Uh, and when you were at a ball game, you know, it traditionally begin with the national anthem, and oh, we're so grateful for the privilege we have of living in this country and taking in a ball game and putting our political differences aside, going to the ball game is a great form of escapism. <laughs> Not anymore. What they've done with pro sporting events now, I really, it drives me crazy. As a guy who knows and has witnessed the power of sport, meaning the power of sport is that it's common culture. The reason it's so popular, the reason a guy can make $35 million a year is because every socioeconomic demographic in this country can consume that sport on TV. It is common culture. Cause, meaning football is something watched by Democrats, Republicans, Libertarians, and Something that's watched by white people, black people, Asian people, Muslim people, gay people, straight people, trans people. But what do they all have in common? They turn on football. Are you ready for it? Because they want to watch football. Bingo. Okay, that's the hook of football. Just the same as baseball. People go to baseball because they want to watch baseball. Basketball, hockey, just the same. But now, instead of just going to the ball game, forgetting about politics for three hours, chugging a few overpriced beers, and hurling some obscenities at the opposing team's players, like me and Lincoln like to do, okay, now they're getting inundated with politics every time they step inside the stadium. That's
4: stupid!
2: Use your common sense! And it only gets stupider, because right now in the NHL—I talked about this on America's Newsroom today—it will be posted at the end of the show today— on the Fox Across America radio page. If you go to foxacrossamerica.com, you can always get the podcast version of the show. You can also see my TV appearances. Um, you know, I make like 12 to 15 of them a week, and if you miss them live, you go to the website, you watch them, and you go, wow, I dress better than that guy. Uh, <laughs> wow, I'm better looking than that guy. Believe me, there's a lot of value in watching me on TV because you realize that if I can be on, uh, so can you. <laughs> But one of the stories we were talking about today in America's Newsroom is this whole hullabaloo in Philadelphia where uh, Flyer player Ivan Provorov decided he was not going to go along with the team's Pride initiative. The NHL was having a Pride night where all the players are going to put on the Pride flag. They were going to tape up their sticks with Pride tape. Okay, Provorov said, hey, I respect everybody's values But this is not something I'm on board with. He was raised Russian Orthodox. He doesn't in his religion agree with it. Okay? The backlash to that is how dare you try to insulate yourself behind your religion, you know, in a country that was founded on religious freedom?
1: What the hell
3: is
2: the world coming to? So let me walk you through how this works. Whenever there's a backlash in sports, sports is so overwhelmingly liberal at the broadcast level. Like, if you remember when Drew Brees was then the quarterback of the Saints in the summer of 2020 when they were burning down black businesses in the name of equality, I'll never figure it out, but they were burning down 100 black businesses in the near north of Minneapolis because George Floyd had died. Kamala Harris was tweeting that you should bail out the violent protesters who had burned down the black-owned businesses. Kamala's awful with her weird laugh. (laughs) Ha-ha! But if you remember, Drew Brees said, hey, I do not support kneeling for the national anthem. Okay, I get that guys have their issues and I completely am at peace with them expressing themselves whatever they they, where they want. But I, Drew Brees, feel like the anthem is a moment that belongs to the troops who've sacrificed so much to make our lives possible as professional athletes. Very reasonable statement. Okay, the response to that very reasonable statement was, oh, my. He
3: should be behind
2: bars. They went crazy. I mean, he wound up apologizing five times on Instagram. His wife had to apologize on Instagram.
6: That was absolutely
2: dreadful. And he didn't say you can't kneel. He didn't say screw you. He just said, hey, I have an alternative opinion. And while I'm respectful of yours, I would hope you could be respectful of mine, to which they replied it was insanity. Get him out of here. Get him out. They just wanted him out, so he apologized five times. How dare you speak for yourself in a country founded on freedom of speech? How dare you prioritize your religious faith in a country founded on freedom of religion? But here is the open to this. This is Ivan Provorov. And he expresses his reluctance to go along with this pride initiative, which, again, is not why anybody goes to a hockey game. OK, I put this on the NHL. People go to hockey games. They want to see hockey. They like hockey. They want to watch hockey. That's why you go to a hockey game. It's no different than a football game. You do not go for any type of sexual orientation celebration. That's not what you go to hockey for. OK? And the point is the NHL... Did this symbolic thing because they're trying to court, you know, I don't know, maybe alternative lifestyles or they're just trying to get some points in the court of public opinion for virtue signaling. But the fact remains they put this player in an impossible situation because if you are a person of conviction, if you are a person of principle, you find yourself in a very difficult spot in the year 2023 when you dare defy the mob on principle. Do you understand the mob doesn't have principle? They're relentless. Okay, they're willing to espouse anything if it is the actual, you know, nom de rigueur, you know, if it's the flavor of the month, you know, if that's what we're at. You know, there were people telling you to defund the police to protect the black community. They were telling you the cops are a bigger threat to the community than the criminals they were sworn to protect us against. That is a fact check false. We all know it's false. But because the mob had decided that was the way to go, they were willing to ruin the life of any human who dared defy them. They're people whose emotions are their facts. So for stating what he's about to state in this clip I'm about to play you, the response to this Provorov fella was he should move back to Russia. He should fight against Ukraine. He's a homophobe. He's a monster. I'm going to play you all the clips. Let's start with his. It's clip 26. Everybody, I respect everybody's choices. My choice is to stay true to myself and my religion. That's all I'm going to say. Okay, so did you hear it? I respect everybody. I respect everybody's choices. My choice is to stay true to myself and my religion. That's all I'm going to say. Did he say cancel Pride Night? The answer would be no. Did he say I don't like gay people? The answer would be no. Okay, what he said was I respect everybody. I respect everybody's choices. My choice is to stay true to myself and my religion. That's all I'm going to say. So he did not partake in a promotion called Hockey is for Everyone. Okay, the NHL wants you to believe Hockey is for Everyone. But this guy dared express his own opinion as a member of the everyone umbrella and was told he does not belong.
6: This is ridiculous.
2: Listen to this jackass, Sid Sexero. He's an analysis on a show, Breakfast Television. And he did, you know just loses his mind. And why do broadcasters lose their mind in these moments? Do you want to know why? Because they, there's no bravery in this. There's no courage in this. There's no conviction in this. When you know 99.9% of the league, when you know 99.9% of the network, when you know 99 percent of your industry is going to destroy this man in the court of public opinion for daring to defy the orthodoxy, what it becomes is an audition to see who can be the most incredulous, to see who can be the most over-the-top, the most performative, indignant outrage, who can throw the biggest fit in the name of calling this guy a scumbag. And the race is on. Listen to Sid Shekshiro, clip 27.
8: The National Hockey League need to attack this and figure this out. <laughs> because what I heard last night was offensive. It <laughs> didn't make any sense. Because, for instance, if that was a military night... Okay. Right. If anyone in Canada or in the States on a military appreciation night wouldn't wear a jersey pregame, do you have any idea the uproar that would have happened on that? Mm. Do you have any idea the backlash? Do you have any idea what happened on social media? It's 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 ridiculous what would happen. I mean, girl, please stop talking right now.
2: Seriously, girlfriend. Okay. We actually just sat through 5 years of guys refusing to salute the military. You know what happened to the guy leading that charge? He got a $60 million sneaker deal from Nike. Correct the mundo. Colin Kaepernick got a $60 million sneaker deal. It's not in the NFL because people want to deal with him. Okay, they don't want to deal with a headache for a guy with backup talent. Okay, if you got starting quarterback talent, they'll put up with a lot of controversies. But if you're a backup talent, they don't sit for this crap. And the truth is, the NFL knows the comps aren't racist. They're counting on the comps to protect their games. But the NFL went along to get along because it was a popular thing at the time. And so they did capitulate in a lot of ways to the players who wanted to protest the cops and the military. Okay, but the bigger point being made here by the Sid Shichero, okay, is he says, what I heard last night was offensive, and it didn't make any sense. (laughs) Here's what he's calling offensive, and it didn't make any sense. I respect everybody. I respect everybody's choices. My choice is to stay true to myself and my religion. That's all I'm going to say. That's offensive? That doesn't make sense? I mean, yeah, maybe if you're a moron, but if you're just trying to have an honest conversation instead of performative outrage, it makes plenty of sense. But listen to the rest of this. Clip 28.
8: Nothing scares me more than any human being who says, I'm not doing this because of my religious beliefs. Because when you looked at people's lives, you normally say that publicly, you'd throw up at what you saw. You would throw up at what you saw. Mm. And I have seen that a million times in a lot of different ways. So don't don't give me that. With respect. Don't give me that because no one's perfect. All right? Don't tell me, don't don't feed me the religious beliefs line. And all of a sudden the NHL is going to back off this. Garbage like you just makes me sick.
2: So what is he saying? All religious people are bad? We're all, you know, al-Qaeda? We're all radical Islamists that are beheading people in the name of our religion? i got to be honest with you. We're not doing that on the Catholic side of town. We're not doing that In the Russian Orthodox side of town. Okay, the guy just doesn't want to participate in a pride event, and we're being told he's al-Qaeda. Okay, here's one more. He wants to find the League a million dollars a day. It's clip 29.
8: The National Hockey League today needs to find that organization a million dollars and reevaluate how they support gay rights. Because that is insulting. That is the number one trending topic in Canada. That is insulting what happened in Philadelphia. And if the NHL is serious about this, they say they are. We'll see. Mm-hmm. We'll see how serious they are today. But that whole thing was mishandled. And, I, and I, part of me couldn't believe it. Part of me could, considering how the NHL sometimes handles things. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it.
2: Okay, so the NHL should fine a team a million dollars a day because a guy, okay, didn't want to abandon his religious principles because a guy didn't want to be part of a shameless, shallow, symbolic, corporate pandering gesture. Okay, the NHL should fine a guy a million dollars a day In a country founded on freedom of religion for standing up for his religion. That's what this guy wants you to believe. This guy is a moron. He's a pandering phony. And like everybody else yelling and screaming about this in the media, it's not about the gay community. It's not about them being outraged. It's about who can make the most noise to
1: get the most
2: attention.
1: What can I tell you,
5: kid? You're right. When
1: you're right, you're right. You're right you're listening to the most addictive show on the radio this is crack rock cocaine it isn't glamorous or cool or kid stuff this is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon
2: it is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon gonna be talking with Diamond Dave Landau hey girl in the next break His opening act down in Tyler, Texas, listening on KTVB. Chris is in the house. Yo, Chris.
9: Yeah. So if, um, oh, good to talk to you, Jimmy. You looked good on TV this morning. Whoa, Um, there
2: you go, girl. Give a shout out to the makeup team. You
9: really did. Thanks. Um, If if,
7: uh, the NHL told everybody that they had to ride around the rink a few times wearing MAGA hats and this same sports announcer would be so outraged. But then one guy says, no, I can't wear that he would be held up as being brave and and no going question. against the Think
2: about this. Establishment. The analogy the guy made is he said, "Hey, if this was military appreciation night, he would that announcer would lose his mind if it was military appreciation night." So the point he's yeah. making it like refutes itself. And exactly. let me ask you this is a guy in East Texas where Patrick Mahomes played high school football, of <laughs> all people, Earl Campbell, of all people. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, you know, you know how important Texas is to a community. Is anyone going to a game for a pride initiative or any type of other stupid, you know, I don't wanna say stupid, but the point is identity politics driven initiative as opposed to just watching a game?
7: No, but I got to tell you, since you brought up uh, mm-hmm. Earl Campbell, mm-hmm. I got to carry his Heisman Trophy for him at one of the uh, awards of banquets here. here. Get out of here! Oh no, I've got
2: pictures, man. It's great. That is unbelievable. Somewhere in my mom's house, I still have an Earl Campbell jersey. Like he was the man. Wow! Oh no, I man, loved him. He was it, wasn't he? Well, when we when we reach Texas next, we can get together to talk football. If you if you'll buy the beers, how about that?
7: Oh. Cool.
2: Oh, what a guy! Listen, this could get pricey for you if I bring my producer. So don't say yes just be, just so it'll quick. Be
5: cheap because
7: my beer is root. So
2: oh, <laughs> well, in that case, yeah, you only got half the debt. All right, good talk, Chris. Let's do it again and thank you. Uh, Teresa is in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Yo, hey, ter- radio buddy. Hey, girl.
3: Great comments from your previous caller. Oh. I agree 100%. But you sh- you forgot to hit the, please give us money, when the <laughs> guy's pounding the table wanting a million dollars.
2: Yeah, because that's all this is again, too. The NHL, That's all it is. Yeah, the NHL is just trying to get more people to spend money on hockey. But people don't go to hockey because hockey acknowledges the existence of gay people. No, they're yeah, not, sports fans goodness. are not defined by who they sleep with. They're defined by who they yeah. root for.
3: You literally raised my blood pressure by 80 on those last clips. I mean, Uh that was obscene.
2: Yep. That's but
3: the funny part. You, you're the guy who took my call. He told me that I needed to tell you that I thought that was Hillary Clinton saying that all the
2: time. <laughs> no, it's Carly Shimkus. <laughs> now, now, great. It's Hillary Clinton's voice. Oh, it's because it's a very Hillary thing to say. Uh, brilliant analysis, Teresa, as always. I miss you already. Now they're going to ask us for royalties from Carly Shimkus's camp.
0: Please give us money.
1: It's America's Life Coach. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
2: Oh, girl. They're playing Word Up by Cameo. 80s funk band. For those of you keeping score at home, some people are like, Cameo, is that like a celebrity greeting? Someone wishes your cousin a happy birthday for $75? Now the times have changed. Uh, Joining us now on the show to talk about those ever-changing times, a man who very well may be available on Cameo. I'm not sure. Uh, But you could see him in Denver telling jokes all this weekend. Diamond Dave Landau is here. Hey, girl.
5: Hey, baby. How you doing?
2: Good. Are you a Cameo guy? Who isn't? (laughs) No, no. I don't mean the band. I do mean the service.
5: Oh, no. I I don't use the service. I don't. I've never... I might order something someday for, for, from someone, but they probably won't do what I ask them to do.
2: <laughs> so, so you're basically talking about OnlyFans. And i got to be clear. <laughs> yes. i got to be clear. If they refuse your order on OnlyFans, you have really taken it somewhere. <laughs> yeah, that's true.
5: <laughs> yes. There- so many female comics. <laughs> uh-
2: <laughs> There's a lot going on out there. <laughs> um, are, how are you handling the Alec Baldwin news? Are you broken up? Are you, uh, are you finding this funny? Where are you on this deal?
4: Well,
5: it's my understanding that it's at least the third or fourth most violent thing he's ever done.
4: <laughs> oh, man. And
5: I I really – I'm shocked they kept making the movie, but to be honest, I, I, I mean I really don't like him at all. Mm-hmm. But I, and because he was, he's not in charge of the prop department, I'm kind of conflicted on it. Yeah. But also what I don't get is why would you point it at someone?
2: It's the number one rule of firearm safety is you never point a gun at anybody, ever.
5: And, for, and from my understanding, he's been an actor for some time, <laughs> and you would assume that he would know not to point a firearm at anyone <laughs> uh, because you could kill them, which is what ha- – like pretty much Brandon Lee set the precedence for – Let's double check
2: these. Well, you know what's so crazy about it is uh, Diamond Dave Landau on the line is he went with the, the gunshot itself. He did the shaggy. Remember the shaggy song, It Wasn't Me? Yes. Guy has a gun in his hand. It shoots someone. He yells, it wasn't me. Was it the yeah. invisible guy that shakes hands with Biden or the invisible man who handcuffed AOC? Who is the culprit? <laughs> who should we be looking for here?
5: That's what I think we got to check out. I mean, guns do typically go off by themselves, especially prop ones, being (laughs) pointed by an idiot.
2: (laughs) It's so crazy. Uh, Alec Baldwin, for those of you just joining us, has been charged with involuntary manslaughter. Now, of course, that means—and I don't believe he was trying to kill anybody. Uh, It's just, you know, obviously a horrible accident. But his excuse was laughable. And the one thing I do find funny is it takes me back to the Amber Heard-Johnny Depp trial, is these people are actors— So you can see, like, a very convincing attempt to sell you an emotion, but sometimes the facts are so incongruent to the emotion. You know what I'm saying? Like, Amber Heard is crying because Johnny Depp is unhinged, and I'm like, Johnny Depp didn't use the comforter as a piece of toilet paper.
5: Right. (laughs) He's drinking and smoking, which I don't know how—that's kind of him. Yeah. I've never met the man. But that's what he does. (laughs) He probably assumed you, a beautiful starlet, wouldn't go to the bathroom on his comforter.
2: (laughs) Again, I apologize to anybody who's not familiar with the case, but that is the allegation here. And, you know, when you see actors get on TV, you know, they're acting. And that's the Alec Baldwin thing there. He was acting. He was also the acting director of the film at the time. And, uh, you know, we all know the old Queen song and the old showbiz adage that the show must go on. But, yeah, I am of the mind if you're making like an Alec Baldwin Western, which nobody asked for that to begin with. And nobody wants it. No, no, again, because as you said, if you want to see Alec Baldwin rough people up, just stand outside of his apartment with a camera. You know. yeah,
5: he'll hit you. He'll, oh,
2: he'll hit you, good. It's, you know, it's, no, it's like people in New York, if you follow the stories through the years, he's like 17 and 1 against cameramen. He's yeah. you know, he's, he's fought everybody. He's fought multiple weight classes, he's hit everybody.
5: So there is oh, a little yes. bit of that tons. And, he's, and definitely don't try to be his daughter and be slightly overweight, that he's really going to hand it to you.
2: <laughs> do you remember the voice? What did he call his daughter, like a little piggy or something? Yeah, a dirty little piggy. You know, what I would like to know is, did she go on to lose weight? Was it effective? You do have to ask as a parent and as a guy myself who could, you know, no stranger to the old fork and knife.
5: No, I think it. I think she did actually. So I mean, maybe we could call. We could sum that up to great parenting, but not good with guns.
2: <laughs> we give a, it's a, We give him like a B plus. All right, the gun stuff's got to go, but the nutritionally, <laughs> hey, listen. In all honesty, as people get mad at us, but what do we say all the time? Yeah, nobody's excited that he'd be calling his daughter a little piggy. But if his daughter is six hundred pounds and he was saying good for you, he's actually doing her a bigger disservice. Is he not?
5: That's true. He wasn't just calling her and going, you're so brave for eating all that in the car before we even got home.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Dave Landau on the line, if you're just joining us, he's giving away two tickets to the Lizzo concert to the 99th caller. 99th caller. Um let's pivot and see if we can get ourselves in more trouble. So this, Yeah, that's
5: true. Yeah. I wanna go ahead. I wanna not be invited back. So yeah. you could
2: Well we're we're halfway I'm like I, at this rate I don't know that I'm invited back, so let's just step on the gas. <laughs> Come on, man. It's so funny. So I had to talk about this in America's newsroom today. Uh the N schedule schedules a pride event guy in the flyers doesn't want to partake in a pride event now to be clear he doesn't say you're going to hell these people have no right to exist he just says hey that's not my thing go ahead and do it without me as you would imagine it was a very common rational response to what he said uh you know this guy should go yeah. back to russia and fight the war on ukraine he's a bigot he's a homophobe uh you know when yeah, i watch? by american yeah,
5: standards it's possible <laughs> i mean if he's if he's kgb Like, I'm from Detroit, so we had the Red Wings. They were KGB, and then we had Probert, who would just kill you, like, just beat every—he was called an enforcer. Yeah. So, yeah, you're right. You (laughs) might not be a (laughs) gentleman.
2: Well, the thing is, okay, speaking on behalf of sports fans, and this is where these stupid initiatives get me mad, it's gay people don't go to hockey because they're gay. They go because they like hockey. You know what I'm saying? Right. And that's the part where I think, like, these professional sports, you know, these inclusion efforts, I think they ring so hollow because it's really infantilizing people. It's like, do you know when we got mad at the Bidens because Joe Biden went to San Antonio and called them breakfast tacos as a way of, like, ingratiating herself to them? And they were yeah. like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, wait, it's insulting. Well, it's just like the NHL just blurting out gay stuff. They're like, it's, we're going to play the Madonna. But that's not yeah. why they go. If they don't like hockey, they're not showing up because you said the word gay in the in the announcer's scorecard.
5: No, and the, well like you brought up Queen, so we can already look at the fact that the number 1 songs written for sports is by one of the gayest men who ever lived. <laughs> so we we already have that going. And we, like my friend my friend Travis Spots who's a hockey player and he goes to hockey games all the time. He's gay. And him and his husband go. And it's like they go exactly for hockey. Never once was he like, hey, you want to come watch a game with us and, uh, you know, protest because we're not being represented equally oh in God. the stands? No one cares about that.
2: It's so true. They just
5: want to watch a game.
2: And it's a great point. And no one would ever buy a ticket to protest because all these people protesting don't have jobs.
5: No, all days. People who have season tickets work all day and are like, I'm going to go watch a game. I didn't know that I had. To. Well, and who's, who's standing up for them? It's like, gay men, they'll go and watch hockey? Is this, no. It's, is this a real – we're going to just invent this new special interest group? <laughs>
2: <laughs> gays for goalies. We're joined yeah. now by <laughs> – gays for goalies. They're not having it. Um, no, there's a, a Canadian announcer, right? Who, of course, whenever something like this happens and the mob is getting ready to pistol whip somebody and they realize they have the numbers, it becomes a contest amongst broadcast sports media to see who can be the most outraged. So they're yelling at this guy that he should go back to Russia and fight Ukraine since he's such a homophobe. For not wanting to wear a pride jersey on the ice. And that's a man just empowered by, you know, this righteous, self-righteous indignation who's an idiot. He doesn't care about gay people. He's trying to get media heat himself by being the loudest overreactor. Exactly. So st-
5: It's 100% right. No, you're right. I love that the reaction, too, though. From basically the left is go back to where you came from. It's like, well, that's very progressive.
2: (laughs) And they but they also yelled like, Don't give me that religious belief crap. I'm like, yo, the country was founded on religious freedom.
5: Yeah, that's kind of the thing we have here. Yeah. It's why we it's why we well, not me. I'm Irish and Italian. We're we're just left because I don't know, we had nowhere else to go. But (laughs) the original people they came over here for a reason. And really with hockey, like you wanna see A good game. You don't want people—you want a real fight, not just people saying catty comments to each other.
2: (laughs) Now it's a drag race. (laughs) It's so stupid. It really is. Did you see the L.A. This is a thing. Uh, I didn't even mention this when I talked to you this morning. The L.A. Zoo is having a drag show at the L.A. Zoo now to, like, attract more children. And without even getting into all of this insanity of just forcing drag on kids, I do feel for the people who run the L.A. Zoo because they're in a hard spot competing— with the actual human zoo that L.A. now is. Like, L.A. is a drivable safari, is it not? It is.
5: It's already a mess, but at the same time, I thought the circus was bad. Are you going to start putting lions in dresses?
2: <laughs> yeah. They were mad when they put a horn, a, a party hat on a goat and called it a unicorn. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yes, I do. <laughs> There was, do you remember the unicorn from the 80s? The Ringland Brothers, uh, anyone listening can Google this, okay? Yeah, I a, remember. The, it was Lancelot was the name of the living unicorn, and it was a straight-up goat that was like a foot and a half tall that the guy had uh, bioengineered it to grow a horn that was essentially just a party hat on its head, and they were selling it for like three years as the living unicorn. My parents got ripped off into going because I was like, there's a unicorn! And it yeah. was just a It's, a ghost. it's
5: like a third your string. Your excitement game. about unicorns is terrifying, but yeah, I did. I did want to go see a bear on a bicycle. That was always fun because <laughs> it seemed like he had a good life.
2: <laughs> Yo, David Brenner. Okay, the late great David Brenner had a funny joke about that. He goes, uh, he goes. You know, as you get older, you get sick of lying to your kids. He's like, and I was, I was talking to my youngest toddler. And he was like, Dad, how do they get the bears to ride the bicycles at the circus? Oh, Schimmel. Yeah, it was Schimmel. Schimmel. You're right. It was Schimmel. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. He goes, it's it's easy. They nail their feet to the pedals and beat their (laughs) out of them. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to Schimmel.
5: Yeah. And the king goes, really? And he goes, no, no. All bears ride Schwinn through the woods.
2: (laughs) (laughs) They got bells on the bikes and everything. Oh, Diamond Dave. about that. Where are you in uh, Denver this week before I let you go?
5: I'm going to be at the Improv uh oh, comedy yes club. It's are. I'm sure it's near the airport. Uh-huh. So, uh, that's about all I can tell you, but yeah, it's uh it, it's going to be I guess there's a big snowstorm coming tomorrow, yeah. so that'll help ticket sales. Yeah, it's always So <laughs> if you're out there, <laughs> I appreciate you coming. Well,
2: it's a it's a bomb cyclone or whatever they're calling it now with these fake weather terms. Al Gore was said it was it was a rain bomb. I'm like, would you just stop it now? Like, now, now, you, now you're turning them into scented candles. What is that, rain bomb?
5: Yeah, you're just proving you don't know anything for the last 25 years. <laughs> so and now all of a sudden we're a Yankee candle.
2: <laughs> so true. Go to the Denver Improv. See Diamond Dave Landau. Uh There will be no prop guns on set, we can promise you. Good stuff. Man. Uh, maybe. I'm going <laughs> to let you go. <laughs>
1: Thanks, right. man. You're the best.
2: Diamond Dave, there he goes. We're back after this.
1: Tackling issues of the day in an easy way. He's all man. He's a big, strong-looking guy. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
2: It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man you watched two nights ago on Gutfeld, highest-rated late-night comedy show in America. I was, of course pound for pound the best guest all right well the jury's clearly still out on that but either way you slice it i will be on tv tonight on kennedy at seven o'clock and then at nine o'clock i will be on the sean hannity show but joining us now is a man who will be on your tv at 11 making his late night debut uh retired nypd inspector paul morrow is in the house hey man hello sir so i'm assuming you called into the show to find out what not to wear
9: you guys called me actually, um, <laughs> and I was my first impulse was to
2: hang up. You know, but he's, he's just a nice guy. So. Morrow, he's already saving for the game, kid. You already got you. Uh, uh, yeah. Are you are you fired up for this? It's gonna be a lot of fun. It will be fun, and I know.
9: You know, I, I, as you know, I know Greg a long time. Yep. So uh, you know, it's kind of uh, it's kind of a home game. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it. it. Should be a great time. All
2: right. So as someone who knows Greg a long time, okay, and you know, there's yeah. no bigger Greg fan than me, okay did he kind of get conned into the dog thing? But now he's he's genuinely fallen for this dog. I know he has a genuine affinity for the dog. But was this kind of an incongruent move for the old Gutfeld that he just wound up falling in love incredibly with? Incredibly so. Is that what no, it was? Incredibly
9: so. As, as I said to him, you know, to the extent that you're capable of human love, Gutfeld, <laughs> you're demonstrating it to an, an alarming degree. I would never have called it. It really is incongruent. He... Um, I've never known him to show such a that dog has just taken his legs out. And it's uh it's very funny, man. It's funny to see them together. It's the son he never had. They do look alike. They smell alike. And uh, they uh, get along famously. So, you know, the dog will be walking around with a hangover any day now.
2: That's really funny. Well, you're in a, listen, you're in a good spot tonight. And this, uh, something happened to me and Greg this week that we both remarked on that was really funny. So out of the gate, uh, the crowd uh, on Gutfeld has mm-hmm. become a little protective of both of us. Meaning traditionally, every time he has me on the show, he'll mortally insult me and then yep. i keep it clean usually you know kneecap him about his height and we move on with the show and do real stuff yep. uh and it's just kind of become like a rite of passage now you get beaten into the gang to be a part of it and yep. uh the other night he took a shot at me and the audience was like apoplectic like how could you do that to jimmy and then i took a shot at him and they did just the same they were like oh hell no and they've been shooting inside the tent yeah i know they've become protective but what i'm saying is i think when you're still new you still have a window of opportunity tonight now i'm not egging you on to take down the host i'm just telling you that that window won't be open forever
9: all right so in other words I've just become a tool in your proxy war with the host. <laughs> I get it. So now I know what Ukraine feels like.
2: Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm your Zelensky, I guess, huh? Uh, Very good. Right. I was going to call, that, I I call you my Hamas. Uh, I'm Iran, <laughs> yeah. and I was going to throw you <laughs> yeah. a couple yeah. of yes bucks. Yeah, I've, yeah. Got a, I've got a nuclear deal on the table over here. We're trying to make this money. But, no, it's it's fun, and I think it's the greatest testament to why that show has the appeal that it does is it's just real people having real conversations I think it'd be great like I'm actually you know I I am so excited I'm willing to say on the air with a straight face that I'm going to watch it even though I have no intention of doing so
9: well yeah exactly I don't believe you I know that's not true
2: Stop it. you'll be
9: in an opium den someplace
2: (laughs) do you know I'm not even kidding in all the time you spent on the NYPD between the time I spent driving a cab and more importantly starting out as an open mic comic who do you honestly think you were on the force for how long uh, 25 years. 25 years. Who do you think has been around more vice in their life? You or me? I- I'm just guessing. You because we have
9: to account for, you know, your high school years and all the other stuff that we need that trip you took through Europe with a backpack. <laughs> All the things that we've heard about that are going to be in your memoir when, you know, the statute of limitations has run out. (laughs) So I think from what I've heard from you, I think you've seen the seamier side of things. You remember, I was always on the right side of the law.
2: No, no. Listen, defense wins championships. And because I grew up in a law enforcement household, I always knew, you know, how to position myself. But I yeah, do, exactly. I do love having you on uh, as a third rail because every one of our get-togethers is some form of a mild interve- intervention for me that we dress it up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. Uh, I do. Uh,
9: no, and I know that you come from law enforcement. I, uh, you know. I- Heard, and so uh, I think that's why you're good on these issues. You know, you ask, you I gotta tell you, you ask very good questions. See, so you're saying it. so I think that's because you've been under indictment. More than <laughs> months,
2: but, uh, <laughs> you're saying it It paid off to hang out with the cop from the village people as much as I did, yeah, see? <laughs> yes,
9: exactly. I'm, exactly. Were you the Indian? Is that, yeah, that I'm, was I'm,
2: I am? One, <laughs> I am one YMCA away from a criminology degree. Ah, uh, I think you look very fetching. Pull my, hey, girl, everybody will be watching, and I give him hell, bust out your finest turtleneck, okay? I'm gonna do, I'm gonna wear a turtleneck just to annoy you <laughs> how dare you the great paul morrow give him hell tonight the show's over pay up and get out we'll see you tomorrow
1: Cudlow on fox business is now on the go for podcast fans get key interviews with the biggest business newsmakers of the day the Cudlow podcast will be available on the go after the show every weekday at foxbusinesspodcasts.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts